With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to the Coming of Cage podcast, your Nicolas Cage movie review podcast, home of the Wheelo Cage, Cage Meter, and Cage O Bingo. This is episode 43 of the show, and we're talking Nicolas Cage's 2006 animated flick, The Ant Bully, where Nick plays a wizard ant and shrinks a bullied kid down to the bug world. It co-stars a slew of people, including Julia Roberts, Bruce Campbell, and many more. Thanks for joining us. Let's hit it. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Coming of Cage podcast. I am Derek, and I have Ryan right here with me. Hello. Hello. Welcome back, everybody. We are your Nicolas Cage Movie Review Podcast. This week on episode 43, we are talking about the 2006 animated film, The Ant Bully. That's right. Where Nicolas Cage plays a wizard ant. Yeah. That's the stuff. Uh, this movie's got a stacked cast. It also includes Paul Giamatti, Julia Roberts, Meryl Streep, Regina King, Bruce Campbell, Lily Tomlin, Sherry O'Terry, Larry Moore, Ricardo don't Montalban. For, don't forget Allison Mack of Sex Cult fame. Yeah, yeah, Allison Mack uh, and Rob Paulson. And uh, the main kind of lead character is voiced by uh, Zach Tyler Eisen, who people may know as the voice of Aang from Avatar The Last Airbender. Nice. Yeah, it's probably what he's most well known for. Um, so, yeah, that's the that's the cast. And this is the movie. This was a uh, fun fact. Nicholas's first animated feature. Before the Croods. Before the Croods. Yeah, well, he's done several animated mm-hmm. movies at this point but yeah several was, that we reviewed we've reviewed more i think than not but yeah there's a couple the crudes 2 we haven't done yet and um G, i think it's called g-force is, is the other that's not the hamster one or gerbil one i think so gerbil yeah yeah <laughs> for, for viewers well i guess listeners are going to listen to this too but i had to retire i have uh i keep notes on all the movies i had to retire my first Love letters to Nicolas Cage journal because I filled it with notes. Wow. All of notes. What a milestone. Yeah, we could eBay that off and make a lot of money. Uh, but <laughs> so I have my second Nick Cage journal. That's hot. Yeah, you can only see that on our YouTube channel if you're watching. Uh, so you listeners, you have no idea what it looks like, but it's pretty amazing. I mean, I'll give you a hint. You want to see it. That's right. You want to see it. Uh, yeah, I had to start a new journal for this one because I ran out of pages in my last one. That's kind of cool. That's a fun milestone. Well, why don't you tell people how we normally do this? 
like I said, we take I take notes and then we talk about the movie. But really, if you're listening to this episode, this specific episode, you're probably a really big fan of this podcast. So, uh, you or Nicholas Cage. I mean, yeah, but I don't think anybody know. that likes Nicholas Cage is gonna be like, "Ooh, the Ant Bully." That's the episode I gotta listen to. You know well, what maybe, I mean? Like, maybe we'll get not... the Paul Giamatti audience pulled in here. There's not a lot of crossover, I don't think. <laughs> I do find um, it funny though on IMDb, Paul Giamatti is the top billing, mm-hmm. he but is. he's not really in that much of the movie. I mean, I, it's I don't know if that's a contractual thing or not. Uh, he is one of the four names on the poster, so I don't know. I mean, he is, I guess, the villain. But he is the villain. I mean, it's a pretty. It's not a sizable role. No. No, it's, he's, it's, he's it's a, in that. the beginning for a little bit, and then he shows up at the very end. Mm-hmm. That's it. He's not what I would consider to be a main character. That's yeah, true. But number one on IMDb billing above Meryl Streep and Julia Roberts and Nick Cage. Well, Meryl Streep's in less of it than he is. I mean, that's true. Yeah, she has like one scene. She has, she has two scenes. She has two scenes and she barely speaks. She plays the queen ant. Yeah. Um, fun fact, this is the second time that Nicolas Cage and Meryl Streep have been in a movie together. We talked about Adaptation in episode 25. If you want to see that little crossover. Yeah, one of the, my best new movies, my favorite new movies, that new to me movies that we've reviewed on this podcast. It was good. Yeah. Spoiler alert. We enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, okay. So Ant Bully. Let's uh, do it. This movie was short, which was was nice. Was I mean, it? it's, a ki- it's a kids movie. It was like an hour twenty eight. It didn't feel short. <laughs> it felt short to me because we usually start watching whatever movie we're watching like around seven, and then uh, by nine, I'm like, I hope this is almost over. But this one, I was like, Hey, shit, we got an extra half an hour of free time to watch whatever show we're gonna watch. Fair enough. I guess I felt, I don't know, I felt like it was still a little long. It's a kids movie, yeah. I mean, I get it. It's like that's how I felt with the Crudes. Like you liked the Crudes more than I did. I watch a lot of kids movies. That's right, fair. There's, there's that's three why I thought you'd be movies. used to this. No, no, there's three ant movies. This is definitely third place of the ant movies. Really? I thought it was better than ants. I'd rather just watch ants. It, well, you only want now, Stallone is the only reason why you like ants over this. The movie. only reason. It's anyway, reason. okay. My first note is that. It's more jungle themed than I anticipated because the whole intro is very like tribal jungle ant stuff than I thought it would be. I thought it would, I don't know, I thought it would be like more urban, like normal neighborhood grass areas than like jungle. But they make it seem like it's a jungle, even though it's somebody's like front lawn and Kentucky well, it's from the ant's perspective, you know, I guess, yeah, to them it is a jungle. But if you look at like uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, is mm-hmm. that's more like what I expected, where it was less jungly mm, and more yeah. just like tall grass. Fair enough. Um, Nick Cage opens the movie. Yeah, yeah. But man. He's the first voice we hear. He's climbing cool. like a cliff with his magic staff and blasting fire crystals out of a. He's an ant. Yes. To be clear, an animated ant, and he has a staff with a green crystal in the end that apparently is capable of magic. Well, it's unclear whether that's capable of magic or he is capable of magic. Something about the two of them together is capable of magic, and he he uses, like, pressure blasts from the crystal, magic eldritch blasts, to blast away parts of this rock until he can break the fire crystals loose. Yeah, which he needs for a potion or something. I mean, on a, after watching the first scene, I thought he was going to end up being like a kook. Yeah, you know, and he's not. You know, spoiler warning there, but I really thought I'm like, oh god, he's going to be like this mess of an ant who like thinks he's magic. That's what I thought was going to happen. Well, he is. I mean, he literally uses magic in that opening scene, so I'm not sure how you could think he was going to be a kook from that, but. Yeah. It's like watching somebody throw a literal like fireball from their hands and going, oh, they must they're probably faking it. Well, look, the other ants aren't taking him seriously. 
Well, that's because right? they see him use magic all the time. That's part of their. That's part of an ant's normal everyday life. Well, then wouldn't you think that the one ant that can do magic must know what they're doing? No, that's also <laughs> part of a normal ant's everyday life. Oh man! All right. Fine. So it turns out that he's like a potion maker. Yeah. For this colony. And it's unclear whether he's ever had successful potions, but he is like clacking two fire crystals together and saying some words that he made up. He he, say, he somebody says maybe you're saying his wife or girlfriend or whatever says maybe oh, you're saying it wrong, and she he's like, how could I? I'm the one that made this up. It was pretty funny. I like that. It exchange. was funny. I will say that his <laughs> voice performance in this was way better than like the Crudes, where he he didn't get to like get a lot of range in the crudes i felt like but in this one he can he really like played with it a lot i agree i feel like in the crudes he was like just like a caricature of a caveman versus in this he's like he's a ant sorcerer who the colony respects and he's thinks he's really trying to save the colony you know yeah i thought that was pretty interesting i definitely preferred his performance in this to the crudes agreed um yeah, and so my next note is okay, Ant Cage can use magic because yeah. it's it's that's not what I expected going into this movie is that there was going to be a wizard ant Nick Cage. <laughs> none of none of that. No. That that <laughs> sentence was had never crossed my mind until I started watching this movie. And it sounds it sounds better than it actually is, unfortunately. That's the problem. Yeah. That sounds On like paper. something everybody would want to watch, but uh yeah, sadly not really. Maybe just get, some clips I... on YouTube. I totally get why the movie was made because I think on paper it sounds like a really good idea. I agree. I think they could have done a lot with this, but yeah, it's uh, they kind of gloss over the magic. It's not really explained how ants get magic, but humans don't. I mean, it's certainly implied that ant that that ants are extremely intelligent. That they actually speak English. Yeah. Right, and they communicate with the kid. You know, arguably are more sophisticated. Than we are from a you know kind of evolutionary. They work together, right? The big thing of the movie. Um, So yeah, we get some scenes with him. Um, Then we get introduced to another character who we didn't really like. I didn't know what to expect in this movie, but it kind of balances between like a human kid and a bunch of ants. Mm -hmm. Um, And we get our first kind of introduction to the human kid who is being bullied by just bad kids with no redeeming qualities they're just jerks for the sake of being jerks right um you know giving the kid a wedgie and ripping his underwear and you know all kinds of stupid you know bully crap mm-hmm. the most stereotypical bully things that you can think of um and so yeah they the bullies bully him for a little while and then leave and then the kid apparently every time this happens he takes it out on the ants because yeah. he has this giant ant hill in his yard, which is huge, by the it's way. It's big. like it looks like it's <clears throat> eight to ten inches above the grass. Yeah, which I wonder how that survives mowing. I mean, as someone who has actually legitimately struggled with ant issues in my yard, like this this thing in this movie is massive. Yeah, I would be calling an exterminator like yesterday. Yeah, having seen that in my yard. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So the kid grabs a water gun and is like blasting the anthill with a water gun and of course but it is kind of cool the way they show it from like the ants perspective versus the kid he's just like shooting it like like little spurts of water but it shows it from the ants perspective where it's like decimating their entire colony and it kind of makes you feel bad we're doing stuff like that you know we all kind of mess with ants when we were kids uh, but yeah, it's literally like wiping out their whole colony and everybody's running and drowning and getting stepped on. And yeah. yeah. Um, I do like that's the that shows again, like with the potential that this movie has. Right. There are some things where like, yeah, that was kind of a neat idea. And that's a good example of it. Yeah. Um, so the kid eventually goes inside or gets called inside, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh the mom asks what happened to your underwear and accuses him of wetting the bed. Yeah. Which I thought was a weird go-to. Well, cause so during the bullying scene, Lucas mentions to the bully, like you gotta stop doing this. I'm running out of underwear. 
So yeah. I guess this happens on a very regular basis where it's not just a wedgie, it gets like torn, right? So his mom, because he, he's young, the kid's got to be like seven or something, notices, his mom notices that his underwear is like missing because I guess he's throwing it away when it's torn or whatever. Right. And so she thinks it must be like he's wetting the bed and he's embarrassed. Could be, yeah. I mean, I don't know, but it was a weird, it seemed like a weird stretch. You don't usually have your underwear torn and like destroyed when it's... I don't think the mother is seeing it. I think she's seeing that there isn't any Mm. like in the laundry and in the drawers and stuff. So then we cut back to the ants where it's the scene I kind of mentioned earlier where Nick Nicholas Cage ant is smashing two rocks together and he can't quite get this potion to work. Uh, And he he at one point says curse upon (laughs) your children to the rock, which is kind of what Derek was saying is implied that these ants are very intelligent. I'm not quite sure that that's fair because the smartest person in their colony or one of the smartest people in their colony literally tells a rock curse upon your children when if they're that smart, they would probably understand that rocks don't have kids. He knows that. I think he's just, you know, frustrated. Yeah. He can't get this potion to work. So that's what he decides to yell at a rock. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. And his aunt girlfriend comes in and kind of consoles him. Um, Hova voiced by Julio Roberts. Yeah. And so they have a cute little thing going uh, that she like starts tickling him with a, piece of uh of another plant or something must be yeah there's some i will say i think i have a note about this later there's some weird scale issues happening yeah in this movie because first of all a piece of a plant that this thing had multiple leaves right this thing that she was like yeah at at an ant size that seems like that's a huge scale i'm not a botanist but (laughs) it seems like a if you're an ant holding a, uh, uh, what looks like in comparison to their body, like a foot long, uh, plant yeah. with leaves on it, that that's not a correct scale. I don't think plants have leaves that are that small in general. That would be microscopic. I mean, it's also something that grew underground, so maybe it's some type that, of like root system that yeah, I'm not familiar know. with. I don't know. But maybe root systems don't usually have leaves. I mean, I don't know. It's I don't. Maybe it wasn't leaves. Maybe it just. It's weird, but they like she like starts to tickle him with it, and then there's just like this weird. You remember in the Family Man where he's like, "Gotta give me that chocolate cake" or whatever, and there's that whole scene <laughs> with the cake. That's kind of what it felt like it was leading into. Like these two yeah. horny, horny ants are gonna like go after each other with this like tickling thing, uh, but yeah. then they get interrupted by the like leader of the colony or whatever, and they stop their chocolate cake escapades. Well, he's one of the, like, he's the head of council. That's what he's actually credited as. But, yeah, they have, like, a council of elders, so to speak. And that's that's who he was. But, I mean, be, like, so and you're not a botanist. I'm not a, a bug guy. I'm drawing a blank on what those are called. But um, Entomologist. Thank you. An entomologist, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know why ants would have relationships if only the queen is reproducing that's a good point too that's a a good point maybe they just tickle each other and that's the extent of their relationships hot that's hot stuff i know (laughs) Um, so we cut back to the family and we find out that the parents are leaving for their for like a vacation together yeah and they are leaving their uh kids with their a daughter and a son well the son is one that's getting bullied and uh, they're leaving their kids with the grandma, mm-hmm. who's apparently a massive conspiracy theorist. She's having her own movie, man. There's like, there's so much going on here. So first point. of all, every time she talks to the kids, her teeth fall out in some way. Mm-hmm. Probably 10 times in this movie, her false teeth fall out as like a ploy for laughs. And it's really not funny any of the times, I didn't think. Not really. Maybe for a kid, it's funny. I don't know. Um... I'm trying to think. I mean, yeah. When when the, the, the daughter tells Lucas that it's his turn to go get them, like that made me chuckle a little bit. Like it happens so much that they yeah. have to keep track. Well, it of, happens, like I said, like you know? 10 times in the movie. So yeah, it's, that's believable. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, she's talking about how like, if you set up a bunch of fans, then that keeps aliens from stealing your brain or something. Yeah. So like, yes, she's a conspiracy nut, but like specifically alien abduction. Yeah. 
specifically she has and, like shirts that are talking about alien abductions and like like just graphic tees which you don't see a ton of grandmas wearing so right that was it, weird. It, it begs some questions right like does she think she's been abducted once before or does she think she's just been able to avoid it all this time with all does of she, her like really believe that these fans are keeping what what has kept her safe her whole life they don't aliens don't like wind i believe yeah. was the lion yeah i mean it's it's when that happened after that I'm scene, not like an this... astrologist or astrophysicist or whoever studies aliens <laughs> but i'm pretty sure that fans don't have anything to do with it no i would imagine not i would imagine any planet that you go on that can support life probably has wind has airflow of some kind yeah right uh in mo- at least life that we would recognize um yeah. but yeah man after all that's revealed i'm like this movie's got too much happening like going on there's too much here there's a lot there's a lot of stories that are left <laughs> unexplained Including like the entire grandma's backstory. It's so weird. Um, but yeah, then then we get uh the actual like big ant hill flood. Yes. He finally uh Zoc finally, which is Nick Cage's character, finally fi- gets the potion to work. By his solution is that the crystals are cracked, mm-hmm. and so that he he has some resin, a drop of resin that he smears on the crystals. And when he does that, he gets the potion to work. But right as he does, the uh, anthill starts flooding mm-hmm. because of the kid again. Yeah, this time he's got like a hose that he's like just flooding the place. Yeah, and they all, they he calls the kid the destroyer. And, uh, you know, because this kid has clearly destroyed their home before or attempts to regularly. Um. And so while this kid is like flooding this anthill, I mean, it, it's, it looks like a scene from a natural disaster movie, essentially. I mean, it, mm-hmm. you see people like ants getting swept away by the waters and like bodies of ants, like barely being able to pull themselves out of the water. Bridges are crumbling. Bridges crumbling as they're yeah. crossing or like people trying to, or ants trying to climb up the side of the walls and they getting knocked down by water. I mean, it, it's, if it wasn't ants, it would be a little disturbing for a kid's film. But it goes to show that, like, there's some stuff in this movie that, like, it's doing well. And it's, like, it's that ant side stuff is right. the most interesting Seeing stuff. Seeing the ant side versus the human side in terms of, like, what the difference is. I thought they did a good job with that. Yeah. Um. So then we meet Paul Giamatti's character for the only time in the whole first or second act. <laughs> where he he's an exterminator that shows up to the house and sees the kid, like, flooding the anthill. And he's like... Hey, I'm supposed to uh, be doing some exterminations. Your parent, your dad told me to come by. He said uh, he would be gone, but you're the one to sign the paperwork or something like that. He was very manipulative and manipulates this kid into signing the paperwork, to, which I don't think that's legally binding. Of course it's not. It's not but, even remotely legally binding. I have no idea. That whole plot line is like, a little weird. It's so silly. Yeah. I, th- I really think they should have just written it as the exterminator was coming. That was just a thing that was going to happen, you know, and they have to. But then the kid it. wouldn't feel guilty about it. I mean, he could have been aware of progression. it. I guess it just doesn't make any sense oh, in the I real agree. world. But it's for just... a kid watching a movie, it probably made sense. I guess. Um, but yeah, so this this exterminator straight up manipulates this kid. I mean, he's clearly like a seedy guy. Yeah, and they show him like they have like the smell lines coming off of him, and he's smoking like a stogie and just you know he's got like gnats or flies flying around him. You know, yeah, and uh, yeah, just he the he the kid actually says no at first, and then the guy manipulates him further into like saying, "Oh, I thought I was dealing with the man of the house or something like that." Yeah. And the kid's like, oh, you are. And then signs it, you know, as kids do. Um, So, yeah, after this flooding, Zoc has the potion still. He's able to save the potion. Mm -hmm. And uh, the ants decide to go use this potion, which at this point we don't know what it does. It hasn't been explained what this potion is. It's just a glowing yellow potion bottle. Also, let me ask you this. Did that look like a glass bottle to you? It did. How how when glass is made of melted sand and sand is the size it is, how did they make that bottle? With a single grain of sand, probably. 
I mean, that seems, yeah, I mean, I guess. There's right, not I mean, a lot of sand in suburbia, though. So I, one wonders how they got that single grain of sand and when they got it, well, how they knew how to manipulate it. My thought process there is like sand is just rocks that have been broken down, right? So maybe that's the answer capable of breaking down rock into small enough pieces to heat up and create glass. Maybe. Or they just find small enough pieces because they're ants and those small enough pieces are, you know, probably normal for them yeah anyway yeah so we they make this plan to go get, administer this potion to this kid which i thought was okay well, let's do this so there's this big adventure and they go and they get to the kid and this tiny the the bottle is small for an ant right right but so they take this tiny bottle that can't even hold a single drop of what we would consider liquid and pour it into the kid's ear Mm-hmm. while he's sleeping and then the kid shrinks yeah so these ants are so powerful yeah that they could manipulate matter <laughs> beyond what a human could even comprehend they, they they could theoretically he had so many of those fire crystals he could do this to hundreds of humans because all it took was less than a single drop yeah man these it's ants magic, are unbelievably dude. powerful. It's magic. Okay, and so we get this... Man, I hope it wasn't just me that found this scene uncomfortable. Which which scene? We get, like, this kid is... Okay, so the clothes of the kid that the kid is wearing do not shrink with the kid. Sure. And the kid is completely naked. Yes. And he's, like, sliding around and, like, flying around and stuff. And there's a lot of scenes where his junk is not covered. But it's, like... I'm sure it's animated like a Ken doll. It's just weird that you can cut like there's shots between this kid's legs probably, but it's, it just flashes by in motion that I guess it's okay. Did you well, think you, that was weird? I mean, yeah, it's absolutely weird, but I mean, there's a lot of things weird in this movie. There's a lot of things weird. But in this child movie. nudity is, is not what I, one thing I expected. I mean, it's not like they showed anything. You they know, didn't, but... but like, it's just kind of implied that, his junk is flying in front of you. I mean, they wrote themselves into a corner, though, because like in, in, in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, it, there's a laser weapon and, you know, that that does this to them. So it, it shrinks all of the matter within the beam. This is a potion, so it's not going to affect cloth. OK, it's yeah. a magical potion devised <laughs> by ants. I think they could probably say, oh, it also manipulates cloth. And I, nobody would have batted an eye. I, I don't have. need to see the kid in a loincloth for the rest of the I would have taken the movie to task. Okay. So the logical they, inconsistency. The ants are like, oh, you're you're with us now. You're an ant now. And they take him to see the queen. Mm-hmm. This is the only time we see Meryl Streep's character. Well, I guess there's one more. But one of two times we see Meryl Streep's character in the movie. And she sentences him to live as an ant. That's yep. his punishment for being the destroyer. Yep. To learn to, to be an ant for an undisclosed amount of time. <laughs> yeah. And, so, and by the way, since this is the first time seemingly that Zoc has gotten this potion to work, um, were they not concerned at any point that like maybe he would turn back all of a sudden inside the colony and my destroy wonder them all? Is what would happen if they gave that potion to an ant? And they got even smaller? Would they enter the quantum realm? I mean, I guess, yeah. They could go I a mean, bunch of different directions with this, man. You, yeah, the got... sequel, Quantum Mania, would be a good name for it. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so the queen sentences him to live as an ant, and it's kind of been established through this movie, we didn't really touch on it, but that Hova, Zok's girlfriend, is more sympathetic or empathetic to the Destroyer. Um, she's like trying to communicate and thinks that she can talk through these problems where Zoc is more like the hard headed guy that violence begets violence kind of thing. Um, and so she, the, she volunteers, Hova volunteers to teach the kid to be a, uh, aunt, an aunt. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is kind of the plot of this movie. And Zoc is not happy about it. Zoc's not happy about it. And so this kid is like, I don't know if he was trying to fashion a weapon or hide or what he was doing, but he like goes and hides from Hova. And she's like, you can trust me. I'm not going to eat you, even though you're soft and tender and fleshy and probably delicious. 
It's like, that's horrifying. It's such a messed up movie. Oh my gosh. And uh, so the kid's like, you cross your heart? This was one of the biggest leaps for me, that an ant knows what cross your heart means. The, the colloquialism? Yes. Like, that was the like, biggest leap for you after everything. That was a huge leap. Why does an ant know what cross your heart means? Do they use human colloquialisms? Why can they speak English? Okay, I can buy that they speak English because they've got what? a magic potion that can shrink humans. But why do they, how do they instantly know human colloquialisms? Well, obviously they have little tiny TVs and they've been watching our shows. Yeah, they, they've learned from our media. It's like a reverse <laughs> uh, galaxy quest. <laughs> Um, I thought it was a funny scene though because you know ant hearts are not where our hearts are, and so she's crossing what like would be like her butt area, and it's just yeah. funny. And then we get some weird comments about human penises. Yeah, yes, I mean, yeah. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I know like she he covers something, or he like wears a loincloth. Well, she's asking she him, she's like, "Are you comments. male or female?" Right, you know, and, and then and, she she says something to her her part her buddy later that's like, it's a it's a he, it's a male. He has a fleshy like love sponge between his legs or something like that. What? She says something like I that. I don't think so. I think you, I'm pretty I think, sure she said something. I don't like think that. so. I maybe she didn't say love sponge. But I don't she remember said that. Something about like, I saw between his legs or something like that. I don't remember that line. It was, I don't know, she said something super weird and I was like, is she talking about his dick? As I mean, I mean, kind of, yeah, but that I don't I don't remember it being like that, I think. Okay, well, maybe I exaggerated a little bit, but there's definitely some stuff that's like, why are they talking about this kid's penis? Uh, yeah, well, because... And how did that get past the writer's room? How did that actually make it in the movie? That I don't that's know. That's not a joke for kids. Like, kids aren't going to laugh at that. I mean, it, so so for for some perspective, this was Warner Brothers' very first PG-rated animated film, which also seems like a weird choice because I can't imagine that like any kid over the age of seven would think this movie is good. Uh yeah, you know what I mean. I feel like I'd have been really young to to enjoy this movie. That's that's fair. Uh, and then we get introduced to Bruce Campbell. Woo. Yeah, Fugax, Fugax, however you say his name, um, who actually got a video game that he was the lead of. Yeah. Like this year, the year this movie came out, he was also leading a video game playing this ant character. But um, yeah, he's like, a, I don't know, typical Bruce Campbell character where he's like overtly toxic masculinity kind of mm-hmm. has to be like the ultimate man kind of character. Yeah. yeah he's a scout ant. Yeah, he's not smart, but he's tough and that kind of stuff. Exactly. Um, yeah. So that was fun. And I love Bruce. I always love Bruce. Yeah. And my next note is bug, suicide, and sunlight. Bug, suicide. I think it's because there's a part where they're like walking through this area that has some broken glass. Yeah. And that uh, there's like dead bugs in the sunlight to show that like if you walk in the sunlight you'll die so they have to like avoid it mm-hmm. so I guess I just assumed that those bugs committed suicide because if they know oh. they're supposed to avoid it why else would they have gone into it I mean maybe it happened when they weren't like it happened suddenly or they maybe those bugs didn't know about it I mean Hovis is seemingly very knowledgeable Maybe certain bugs don't get out as much as ants do. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. It was weird. Um, so they get attacked by a bunch of uh, like ant killer wasp. I think they were. I don't really know what they were. Were they Some not dragonflies? Of... Were they dragonflies? I don't know. They Do dragonflies eat ants? No idea, but they look okay. like dragonflies. If you're an... Or a damselfly, maybe. If you're, if you're an entomologist and you listen <laughs> to this show, please watch this movie and let us know what these bugs were. Yeah, so all, all the entomologists sort of, out there listening to the show. They probably love this movie. <laughs> Just like, you know, I'm sure ornithologists love all the bird movies that come out. You know, every single one of them. But, uh, yeah, I, they get attacked by this other group of bugs. And the flying bugs of some kind. Which apparently happens somewhat regularly. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have to fight them off. And 
you know, Nick Cage's girlfriend aunt gets abducted, kind of a, taken up in the air. I thought she was getting actually like abducted by them, but they drop her shortly after. So it doesn't really mean anything. But the kid just runs away and like abandons everybody. And then he finds a fight. He find, he's getting chased by one of these creatures eventually. And he finds a used or like a firework that was unexploded in his it's a tiny firecracker. Oh, yeah, like a tiny firecracker, which again begs the scale issue. Because if the kid is the size of an ant, a firecracker would be pretty huge still compared to him. I mean, it was fairly large scale, maybe not large enough. Necess- like Part of the problem is there's a lot of different kinds of ants. And they're very different sizes. So I don't know what kind of ant they're supposed to be. Yeah, I don't know either. But anyway, he, he uses the glass to light the firecracker and blow up the bug. Although I guess. I guess it doesn't die, it like flies away, hurt. Yeah. You know, nothing can die. Which was enough apparently for all of them to leave. Right. And but this so is that... this is where the plot of the movie shifts from, hey, don't bully people because they're smaller than you. That was the original plot of the movie. It shifts to we all need to work together and care about each other, which is a different right. plot. <laughs> and it's kind of established that the that this kid does not want to be work as a team because he's yeah. a low he's a loner there's the scene we didn't talk about before this where the kid goes to like a obstacle course with a bunch of other ants yeah they're trying and, to find where what his role will be within the colony right and so he's supposed to do this whole obstacle course with like four other ants against another team of five ants and mm-hmm. uh he doesn't want to compete as a team he just tries to do everything himself and his team loses because of it yep um, despite being ahead for part, most of the game. Um, and so, yeah, they, they do some work to establish that this kid does not want to be part of a team, but that that's the new plot of the movie. Now you He's have got to too much together. hubris, you know, that right. it's, it's gotta be him. He's, he can do it. He can handle it. Hubris. Yeah. Um, and so after this damselfly <clears throat> slash dragonfly slash wasp, whatever they were attack, um, the bad bugs, the bad flying bugs. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they have a celebration where they give this kid. Uh, what what, what do they, they call that? They call it honeydew. Honeydew. So yeah, you think it's like droplets from a melon or something like that. And this kid is like, <laughs> "Oh, this is delicious! It tastes just like candy." <laughs> and he's just like shoveling these orbs. Apparently, when ants hold orbs or hold fluid, they just magically form orbs. I mean, maybe that's like the atom of the liquid or something. Well, no, it's it's a water droplet. Okay, there it is, a water droplet. Yeah, so water has a surface tension. So when you have a small enough amount of it, you get a droplet. Derek is a liquid physicist. So, um, but yes, it's the perfect surface. Specifically a liquid physicist. Yeah. If you go into solids, I got nothing. Out, Out. solids, (laughs) gases, plasmas, he's out, but it's liquids. That's where his specialty lies. Anyway, yeah, this kid is uh, just, just nailing this fucking honeydew, man. He's he tries one and he's oh this is so good oh, rah, 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 rah. And he just like eats this whole plate and they're like whoa you gotta slow down kid and he's loving it and they're like oh and Bruce Campbell's character's like I'll get us some more and he goes over to this like giant uh, slug giant, creature yeah a bug and it poops out a bunch of this these liquid droplets apparently perfect you ever, droplets you don't watch Futurama do you mm, I have watched some of it but not that's where slurm comes from okay but they're alien slugs was that before 2006 or after 2006 i I don't know i think it's before because it was in the original four seasons so they stole this from futurama i think so yeah so so. they get the bug poop and the kid sees where it comes from and then he like is sick and doesn't want to eat anymore um yeah and this is where hova uses some root i forget the name of the root to combine with water and it kind of it's like Alka-Seltzer. It's their version of Alka-Seltzer. <laughs> and they give it to the kid and it helps his stomach. And that's important because it comes back later in the movie. Yeah, and then doesn't he get like it like isn't this the one that sends him on like a spiritual journey or something like that? I don't know. I know we get a big lore dump around this point. Because I my next one is Magic Ant Lore Dump. Right. I think that's I think that's separate from this. It might okay. be the following yeah. scene, but I don't think it's tied to it. Yeah, we get some huge exposition filled like lore about magic ants and stuff like that. I don't know. The I ants have created like 
mural hyph, uh, you know, hieroglyphics of their history of this colony, which oh yeah begs the question: How long has this ant colony been in this yard? Yeah, why haven't they taken care of it? I mean, although maybe it's because ant lifespans are like incredibly short, and so their history is like it seems long to them, but for humans, it's like three days. I have a theory. Oh God. But I can't, I'll get to it at the end of the movie, but I have a theory. So yeah, we get that lore dump and they have like this drawing of this like smoke devil (laughs) that is the uh, exterminator apparently. And Uh, then a picture of seemingly an alien ant. Yeah. (laughs) Which is their like mother, the all the, the ant mother. But I, I have lots of poop jokes written down because apparently during this time there was a lot of poop jokes. I'll take your word for it. I don't remember yeah, that. I don't remember. I don't remember specific. Nothing about this movie was really memorable other than the fact that Nick Cage was a wizard ant. <laughs> um, so then we get like, the kitchen journey. Uh, he During that obstacle course scene that we were talking about, mm-hmm. the whole goal of it is to get to like the sweet bean or whatever. And it ends up being a jelly bean, essentially. But they're trying to take pieces of this, the sweet, the sweet rock. rock. Yeah to the end of the obstacle course. Uh, and he says something like later on in the movie, he says something like, well, if you guys like the sweet rocks, I know where we can get a ton of sweet rocks. And so he leads them on this huge expedition to the kitchen of the house, which is a place that they were forbidden to go. Even though uh, Zoc went there earlier to dump uh, fluid in this kid's ear. Well, they had special permission from the council, I imagine. Maybe. I don't know. They couldn't get that to get food for the whole colony, though. <laughs> I mean, my, my only thought process. So this this part doesn't work at all for me. So I'm trying really hard to make it work because they also talk about how far away the kitchen is. And like, But they went all the way upstairs to this kid's bedroom in the same night. So like, what's the big deal? Right. So, my, I mean, I, this doesn't really work. My only thought process is they went at night. So it was safer. I don't know. I guess, but they like get they like make hand glide hang gliders like hang glide through the house and yeah. there's a whole scene with that and uh and they show there's a bunch of jokes about uh Bruce Campbell's character only liking like the green ones or something like that and then there's another ant with them that only likes the red ones yeah that's I think that's Creela uh, Regina King's character yeah she likes the red ones and Fugax hates the red ones yeah. Uh, so there's like a running gag about that. Yeah. Um, but during this, the the basically the kid once the kid finds out about that exterminator and recognizes that that's like their arch nemesis, he, he does this plan to get to the kitchen so that he can call the exterminator and tell them to not come. Right. Even though it's the nighttime. No, this this is a daytime. This is the that's why. Like it's broad daylight. Oh, you're saying it was the nighttime for the other one. Yeah. And it's daytime for this one. That's right. Okay. So he calls the exterminator or he calls what he thinks is the exterminator, but <laughs> because he's a tiny ant size human, he, which I don't understand how he has the strength to push down the buttons, even jumping. He's not heavy enough. There's no way. So yeah, he's jumping on the buttons to call this number, which I guess he has because he had the business card somewhere. Um, and he tries yeah, on the fridge him. across the the room. But instead of calling the exterminator, he's calls a pizza shop. Yeah, this scene was and kind of funny. They kind of pretend to be an exterminator or something. I don't really know, but yeah, no, they they don't understand what he's asking, right? Because he also has a tiny little voice, and he's running back. He has to run back and forth, so he can, he has to talk and then run to here, and and so they they can't really hear him, and he can't really hear them, and so it's just a misunderstanding. What I don't get is, don't sound, wouldn't he be able to still pick up the sound waves? I mean, he's literally only two inches away. You would think so. But his ears don't function the same way? It has been a while since I've used, like, a house phone. So. Okay. Um, <laughs> so after they go to the kitchen and he thinks he's canceled the exterminator, uh, they leave and head back to the uh, colony. Oh, you're and, forgetting the that the grandma shows up and loses her teeth again. Oh God, yeah. In well, the drain. I, 
I wasn't gonna go through every time because I didn't write it down every time. But yeah, she does lose her teeth again. Well, fu- well, so I, I only bring it up because so Fugax she gets like attempted murder on Fugax. Well, yeah, he breaks his leg. Uh, but she, so we did skip this part. She saw him getting like abducted by the ants that night, but she doesn't think they're ants. She thinks they're aliens. Yeah. Tiny, tiny aliens that look like ants. Right. So in this scene, and she sees them, she's like, take me, take me, probe me, probe me. Even though she was trying to keep the aliens away. I think, well, she'd rather, she'd rather it be her than her grandson Mm. is the point. Right. But it's just, again, a very strange scene. For a kid's movie. It just kind of pulls in the question of like, who okayed some of this stuff? And who was this movie really made for? It's um, very unclear. Yeah, so when they get back to the colony, Zock is waiting outside and he he because he's been wondering where his girlfriend he went. Mad. Yeah, and once the everybody moves on because they gotta get Fugax in to get his leg fixed or whatever, but then the kid is with him and he's like, No kid, nobody wants you here. You better run away. We all hate you. And then the kid, of course, runs away crying. Run away and never return. And so my next note was, is Nick Cage actually the villain of this movie? But no, that is quickly remedied. And the kid, they go find the kid and they and they and now everybody's happy again. There's a lot um, of villains in this movie. One way to look at it. Uh, we get the frog attack scene. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Where the kid gets eaten. He does. And there's a weird scene. Um, well, first, the the kids can walk. The kid decide the whole time the kid's been with the ants, they can walk up walls, and he's been trying to mm-hmm. and can't because he's a human. Well, then when this frog attack happens, now he can magically walk up walls, even though he's still just a human. He somehow learned the ants' ways of climbing up walls. It gets worse later in the movie. It does. Um, and so, yeah, the kid gets eaten by a frog. And when he gets down into the <laughs> stomach, he's just kind of like hanging out in stomach acid that isn't really hurting him in any way. And there's it's a very also, slow, slow process. There's also some other bugs just kind of hanging out in the acid, having a conversation. And one of them like turns to one of his friends that's also in the stomach acid and picks up a, a, a head that has like an eaten body, like a body yeah. that's been eaten by acid. And he's uh-huh. like horrified by it, but he's fine. So, I don't really... That's weird. Again, another really weird scene that's borderline horrifying, but played up for laughs, because this is where we meet Rob... um, This is where we meet uh, Rob Paulson's character. He plays this weird beetle creature. Um, And yeah, it's all just played for laughs, but it's dark. This is dark stuff. Yeah, he's like, the kid's getting digested by a frog, slowly. Um, and so, yeah, they basically make a frog throw up with that same potion that uh, that they with gave the Alka Seltzer. Yeah. yeah, and they throw up, and the kid is fine because Yay. stomach acid is just water, apparently. Um, I don't really know what I meant by my next note. It's Nick giving the deep message with ant info. I think there was like a there's like a he was giving a message about how like how he should have been nicer to the kid and that the ant colony has to stay strong and stuff like that. It, like it was a very uh, like positive uplifting message that now this character has learned and he's using a bunch of ant terminology to like tie it in or something. I don't okay. know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but at this point I said, Nick be friends of minor, which is a square on our bingo card. Oh yeah. There you go. Look at that. So <coughs> dang. Um, and then I said, "Kid knows a lot about exterminators." Yeah, like I think they've had this exterminator over several times before, because he knows exactly how the kid how how to attack this exterminator. But this goes back to so I think the theory my, my theory here about the ant colony because when they when they watch this whole like diorama they've made and it's the the smog creature, but then also like the mother ant. We find out at the end that the mother ant is like this ant display on top of the exterminator's truck, yeah. right? And so I think what happened was I think this dude wiped out this colony once. And very, very, very few survived. And they made this mural as a warning that these two images come together, right? That the mother ant is like 
part of the exterminator, but because they didn't survive, this new generation of ants tried to interpret the mural and got it wrong. I think that that makes a lot of sense, but I think that's beyond what they expected anybody to actually think about. And that wasn't actually (laughs) intended, but um, I tried, man. I tried. So yeah, they're trying, the kid is like, it's like all the exterminators here. We got to figure out a plan to like, take this guy down. And so the so Zoc is like, can't, let's let's make a potion and make him smaller. And I'm like, well, if you can do that, then why not just make the fucking kid bigger again? And the kid could be like, don't mess with the ants. I rescind my signature. I mean, I'd argue just make a handful of the ants big, and and then they just take over the whole world. <laughs> I mean, no problem. Like, yeah. they could lift I the mean, van, throw it down the street. There's a lot of other solutions that they completely <laughs> overlook, and instead, the ants ride those dragonflies or whatever they yeah. were around, and like like you have like a fighter jet scene. It's like a King Kong kind of thing. Yeah, where they're like slinging some liquid at this guy, and he's like well, swatting that, them it, out of the air. It's the shrink liquid. Oh, is so, it? so they've made a bunch of this potion to shrink the exterminator and they put it, there's these like little grub things that I guess they can fill with this potion and it doesn't affect them for some reason, but let's put that aside for a minute and right. they're going to use them as like basically like little launching tubes to shoot this liquid at, at the guy, but they have to get it. Apparently this, this potion has to be in, in physically inside it has yeah. to get into a mucosal orifice. I guess. Yeah. Um, so at some point, the kid like crashes and lands in the guy's hair. Yeah. It's, oh, and this then is we a see a bunch of scene. we see a bunch of like scalp bugs. Yeah, mites. Yeah, but I mean, there's a scale issue there because the mites are bigger than the kid. It's disgusting. Nobody has mites that are the size of like ladybugs in their hair. Scale is a massive issue here. So is time. Yeah. Right. Like time seems very weirdly, very weirdly. Right. Like, yeah, there's a lot of consistency problems. And then we find out that the kid from hanging out with the ants also has super strength. I mean, all of a sudden he becomes an ant. He is the ant man. Yeah, he is the ant man, but he looks like (laughs) a human, but he actually has ant strength and can climb walls like an ant. Well, it's like Spider-Man. It's not like he looks like a spider. And then my next note is dick bite glowworm. Does the does the glowworm like try and bite the uh guy's penis? Oh. Oh well, yeah, he goes up his pants, right? The the glowworm and the beetle, yeah, Rob, Rob Paulson's character. Yeah, they they, uh, they go up the dude's pants and they're like, "Okay, we should find a place to attack. We let's find a place to attack." And they like, "Well, that looks like a vulnerable area." And they go up Yeah. There. To his dick and attack his dick. I'm like <laughs> this is another one where it's like, "What?" What is this? What is this movie? I don't know, man. It's so. And who wrote weird. it? And how many drugs were they on when they wrote it? I mean, it was written by John A. Davis and John Nickel. Uh, John A. Davis also directed the film, and is probably most well known for what? Oh, Jimmy Neutron. So is there Jimmy you go. Neutron, full of adult humor too. I mean, it's it's certainly on brand. It's certainly on brand with what I would expect for from uh, Jimmy Neutron. That's that's actually pretty funny. Right. Uh, John Nichols' only credit is, is this is writing this. Um, my next note says, "Oh, small. it's based on his book." I apologize. John Nickel wrote the book. Small potion exterminator, creepy. Oh, because they hit him with some of the potion, and then he starts like he he turns into sloth from the Goonies, but like at half size. Yeah, so I don't know if that means that like they didn't get enough into his system, or if but because for the he's kid, an adult. All it took is like a, a part of a droplet. It's unclear. Maybe it's because he's adult sized. I don't know, man. But it worked inconsistently. It's like one eye is smaller than the other, and his head is like misshapen and stuff. Like I said, like, he looks like Sloth from the Goonies if he was like quarter scale. Well, he leaves. That's his life now. Yeah, that's what he looks like now. That's the end of the movie for the exterminator. And look, he's a bit of a slime ball, you know. But like, but come on, that is dark. Messed up. It's messed yeah. up. And so then the parents come back from vacation. They've been gone for, I guess, a day. <laughs> two two days. Two. I think two it's two days. days. I mean, it's a it's the weekend vacation apparently. To another country because they went 
I forget exactly where, but somewhere where they learned some Spanish. Yeah. I forget where exactly. In two, in two days. Yeah. Um, and then the kid gets his revenge on the bullies because now he's big again. Well, no, he gets he gets revenge on the big bully because he basically talk, talks the other kids into not dogpiling him somehow. Yeah, he now has the power of friendship on his side. That's along right. Along with all his ant powers. <laughs> um, and then we get the Jelly Belly sponsorship. Yeah. So not the just jelly, jelly bean, beans. The, yeah, the jelly beans, they never say Jelly Belly. The, the beans don't say that on them. The, the ants never call them Jelly Belly. The kid never calls them Jelly Bellies until the very end of this movie. And the kid is like, oh, I love Jelly Bellies. And he drops some of them like on the anthill. And or something something like that i can't remember what but yeah it was just it was so out of place it's like at the very last minute they were like oh jelly bellies so they want to sponsor like oh we'll add a line at the end of the movie where the kid says jelly bellies and that's how it ends that's the movie yeah yeah man like it it's it's a it's a it's a strange this is a strange movie that got like a ton of spinoffs like you said there's a video game but there was also like a tv series yeah bruce campbell also returned for that um and i mean it's yeah it's got a 5.8 on imdb for what that's worth and just like this stacked cast i mean it made 55 million i'd argue a more stacked cast than like ants or a bug's life yes so it had a lot going for and this came out like several years after both of those movies yeah 2006 which also to I me wasn't like, bugs life and ants 99 or 2000 something they like were that? they were in a they were in 99 in, in the yeah. 90s excuse me um i don't know about 99 specifically but they were in the 90s um but like this movie looks old for its yeah, age the animation is weird right like it had a 50 million dollar budget but it just looks aged a lot worse than it should it didn't look bad by any means, but it was definitely it, the animation style is very odd. It didn't look like it was made in 06. I'll say that. Right. Yeah. But, it doesn't look, it does not look seven years better than a bug's life in ants. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So that's it. That's the movie. Um, before we go through and add it to our cage meter and rate it, uh, we're going to go ahead and take a short break and then we will be right back. Stay tuned. All right, so we are back. Um, we are going to rate the movie now on our cage o meter. So we have two scales. We have overall quality and overall caginess, zero low, 20 high. And um, Ryan, overall quality, where would you put the ant bully? Where did I put the crudes? So for the crudes, you gave the crudes a – you gave it a four – um, yeah, I, I gave it a seven. Okay. Well, I liked this one better than the crudes, mostly because Nick Cage got to actually explore some range. So I'm going to give this one, I'm going to say a six, a six. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of torn. I actually would rather watch the crudes, frankly, because it makes wow. more sense to me than this movie. Does. The doggo gators made more sense to you. They're nonsensical beings. This is like supposed to be real ants in a front yard of some kid's house. Real ants like, that do magic and can apparently, people. That's I mean, not real, Derek. Newsflash. Just like dog gators. No, I know. I know. Okay. But there's different conceits. The conceit in this movie is that the ants can perform magic. The conceit in the crudes is that they find this like unknown world under, you know, after the earthquakes. Right. Okay. So like whatever you get as a movie, you get to have your conceit. Rate it, Derek. All right, fine. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it, I'm gonna give it a six. Wow, we're tied. I'm gonna give it a six. Well, I gave Crudes a seven, and I want this to be just below the Crudes, so I'm gonna give it a so six. So we both, we both based it on the Crudes. That's pretty funny. Okay, um, fair enough. Then we have overall caginess. Um, it was more cagey than the Crudes. I agree. I agree with that for sure, and I definitely preferred Nick's performance in this. It's a much better character. In it would have been I like I felt like when during a lot of his lives I could see the way he was acting. Yes. Like, you know, I would love to see some of those behind the scenes uh of him voice acting this movie because it seems like he really did have a lot of fun doing it. I agree with you. I do. 
I definitely do. So where would you where would you put the caginess? You gave well, I rated you you get you rate the caginess first. Okay. Well, I, the I think I think I'm going to go with an eleven. Eleven. Wow. Okay. I think that's what I'm going to go with an eleven. That's fair. I would I was going to give it a ten. So I think we're pretty much in the same place. Okay. Cool. Very good. And again, I'm basing it off of the crudes because I, I gave the crudes a ten. Um, and this is higher than the crudes, but I felt like getting into the 12, 13 range was too much. Yeah, so. I agree. All right, so there you go. So we have a 10, um, 10 and a half on caginess and a six on overall quality for the ant bully. And now let's see the movie that's going to be joining our wheel o cage and replacing the ant bully is oh, National Treasure Book of Secrets. So, National Treasure 2. Um, we'll be joining the wheel o cage and uh, to find out which Nicolas Cage movie we're going to talk about next time on the show, you'll of course need to watch our wheel o cage spin. You can do that at going to comingofcage.com and finding us at coming of cage on our various social media platforms, or you can go to the Dorico Studios YouTube channel that's our production company and watch wheel o cage spins, our cage o bingo videos, and full episodes of the show and you can see our beautiful faces while we talk about these movies that's right that's right ryan anything else about the ant bully that you would like to say curse upon your children that's good curse upon your children that's that's very good um i just want to throw out real quick i know ryan hates it when i do this but ricardo Montalban, star trek wrath of Khan, this was his final film and I just want to give a shout out to him because he was a you know cinematic icon for decades, and this was his last movie, which is an interesting way to go out, uh, unfortunately for him. But that's it. That's the Ant Bully. You can of course find us at comingofcage.com and at Coming of Cage. I'm Derek. That is Ryan. See you later. Thank you for listening to the Coming of Cage podcast, a Dorico Studios production. We're hosted by Ryan Kucher and me, Derek Mayer. You can find all our links at comingofcage.com and subscribe to our show on your podcast app of choice. Want to see us? Subscribe to the Jerico Studios YouTube channel for video versions of the show. Keep on Cajun on.